0: Welcome to the Trailblazing in Color podcast, where we talk to changemakers and innovators focused on upending systems not designed by or for them to create a more inclusive and equitable world. I'm your host, Sarah Chapman Becerra. Welcome to the show. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I am feeling really excited about this episode and this conversation for a few reasons. We're talking about coaching today. We're talking about what it means to really move into ascension and elevation and with support through an influential process. The reason this came up is a little more unplanned, spontaneous episode because well, one, I've been immersed in this coaching summit for the past four days. I, as many of you know, I've been an A certified coach for a few years now, and to be immersed with some of the world's best coaches and reminding ourselves as a community that this is a well kept secret. Coaching is still such a well kept secret as far as how do you quickly ascend performance, better living, discovery, decision making. So I've been nerding out about this all week, and I have a fellow coaching nerd with me today. Chris Ho, Chris Ho, and I have known each other for a little while now, like uh, not enough time. So we're going to know each other more. But because when I first met him, he was so just invigorated and enlivened, I had I had to get his energy on the show. So let me tell you a little bit more about Chris, and then we'll spend some time really digging into this idea of getting and reaching your highest and best self, but also just better living and better, more intentional performance improvement, all of the things. Let me tell you about Chris first. Chris Ho is a certified coach, leader, entrepreneur, father, husband, and community advocate. Professionally, he is the founder and coach of ConsciousStudio.ca, a one-on-one life coaching organization focused on helping people become better leaders in their own lives, living life in the present on purpose and with passion. See, you can see why I'm so excited. <laughs> Within his community, Chris proudly contributes as the co chair of the BC Cancer Patient Experience Council, whose main goal is to improve cancer experience between patients, caregivers, and care workers. Chris is also an ambassador for an organization called Next Gen Men, a Canadian not for profit focused on redefining what masculinity means for boys and men, where they experience less pain and cause less harm. Chris lives in the River District in Vancouver, BC, Canada, and is fortunate to live life with his acupuncturist wife, Maggie, their two boys, Caden and Liam, two fur babies, and four nameless fish. I love that. Chris enjoys reading Stoic Philosophy, Meditating, Cooking, and Experience Life's gifts each and every single day. Chris, I am so happy that you're here. Welcome to the Trailblazing in Color podcast
1: oh thank you sarah i'm i'm super excited to to join you and 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 thanks for the opportunity and uh yes i love nerding about coaching so excited to chat about it
0: me too well let's start with what brought you to become a coach in the first place what was that connective tissue for you to move into this as a career
1: yeah so many things i think you know thinking back in my life just growing up i've always had this kind of feeling of always wanting to help people, right? It was something simple like going through high school, I always wanted to help people and I was kind of put into leadership roles kind of organically. And then into my career professionally, I I had been a sales leader three times in in different organizations. And it wasn't until like I came, you know, crosswinds with some things in my life that weren't really aligned. So uh, I was in the software industry, uh, I was a sales leader, I was making Great money, you know. On paper, it was amazing, but things weren't super, super aligned. And a few things happened during that time. Uh, one, my wife was pregnant with her first son, Caden, as you mentioned. Um, two, my dad had just told me that he um, was just diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. In mm-hmm. around this time, so around 2016 2017. Little backstory: I am also a two-time testicular cancer survivor uh, over the years. So cancer is very dear to my heart. So kind of around that cusp of 2016 is when, you know, you start to really evaluate things like, you know, I'm really happy in my job, what's really important in my life. And it wasn't until I uh, hired a coach and experienced coaching uh, for the first time that I really found out how powerful it was. And, um, you know, quite frankly, it you know, changed my life. Um, into what coaching is all about, led me to become a certified coach. And I still have coaches as a coach. And as you know, we both share this, this passion for coaching. So uh, that's kind of how it all started.
0: Wow. And to you, so you've, you've had coaches, and that's usually how a lot of us start, is working with someone who pulls us through these often intense breakthroughs. How do you define the coaching process? or your coaching process, or yeah. the coaching process, however you kind of see it.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting to ask that because, you know, for people that don't know about coaching or then, and then you know, become a coach and get schooled into what a certified coach looks like, you know, there's a lot of kind of definitions of coaching and a lot of people think of it as, confuse it with <clears throat> mentorship, for instance, consulting, for instance. A lot of people confuse it with, with mentorship or consulting, but the way I define coaching is, is, is more of a partnership, partnership with the individual, the client, and a way to really intentionally kind of do what I call inner work, right? It's kind of like, hey, looking at the things that you do, the paradigms you live with, the stories that you tell yourself, and, and just asking yourself, you know, do these things really serve you in your life? Do they actually help you? Or do they not serve you? Do they kind of hurt you, right? And I feel like coaching is really a way to draw that out so that a person can say, hey, this isn't the way I want to live. I'd rather do this. And a coaching really brings that out in, in a way that I don't think comes out in, in other fashions.
0: Mm. And I love what you said about the paradigms piece. And- what is serving you what is no longer serving you how often do we really pause and ask that question we get so mm. kind of programmed in our own ways that we we get we get in the way of ourselves and it's so hard sometimes to get out of your own way mm. and say you know i've been doing this this way for a long time and i've never questioned it i've never questioned why i behave this way why i respond this way why I think about and react to things this way. And for me, same thing with hiring my first coach. I was like, oh my gosh, I've never even asked that question to myself. One of the things I, I've worked a lot on is my people-pleasing tendencies, my paradigm of people-pleasing mm-hmm. it. Yes, sir. The martyrdom. It's not even just people pleasing. It's the putting myself before others at all costs and then never pausing to question that pausing to question where it came from and and then having the time and space to do that. And someone just sitting with me, not only in investigating that, interrogating that, but pushing me and challenging me in those beliefs well, yeah. So I just really grabbed onto when you said that. What is serving yeah. you? What about for you in terms of breakthroughs and kind of discoveries in your mm. own coaching journey?
1: Yeah. Well, before that, I love what you just said about, you know, and I, I join you on that people pleasing, whatever syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm very much part of that as well. And I, I totally align with what you said about how a coach draws that out. And um, I tell people all this time, like, I think the human mind is, is our our greatest gift, I feel like, but it's also sometimes like our greatest liability in that we always have these voices in our head. We have all these stories and they're left unchecked, right? Imagine yourself in a room and you have all these stories and verbiage that's going on and it's not fact-checked at all, right? You just take it as is Mm -hmm. and you continue life and you base your decisions and your behaviors on that. And like you said, you know, things can serve you or they can't serve you, right? And I feel like with a coach, you have that person inside that room with you that's non-judgmental, right? That's trying to be as objective as possible and just throwing things back at you. Like, hey, you said this. This is what you believe in. Is this true? Is it not? I'm not sure. It's up to you to decide. But that just that extra pause or that, I call that kind of second level or third level questioning is, it's so valuable, I think, for a mind that's left you know, on its own sometimes and it can just spiral in a direction where you're not again intentionally living the life that you wanted to right you live so much of your lives on autopilot for so many things that come on to our life that are subconscious and again the coach is able to draw that out and really kind of show that in a mirror and say hey is this is this what you want so so yeah i just had to align with that and i already forgot your other question i was so i was so stoked about what you what you said there
0: i already forgot it too because i was so it. To what you were saying about uh, our mind getting in the way. Our mind is our yeah. greatest, how'd you say it? Our greatest gift yeah. and our greatest liability, liability sometimes because it's it is. It's so true. Yeah. And
1: yeah.
0: hey, if you are enjoying the show, be sure you subscribe and join our community at TrailblazingIncolor.com where we share resources, connect you with other amazing trailblazers in our trailblazer circles, and amplify our collective power. Hope we see you there. Okay, back to the show. So you said a few things already around what makes a great coach. Uh, Those deeper, deeper questions going like next level, Mm -hmm. next level. What are some of the other ways in which... What makes a great coach yeah let me just ask that question chris
1: yeah it's a great question uh, as a coach but you know i had to figure this out on my own as well because i think for those that are coaches that go through i guess coaching school you know the certified coaching programs that line up with whatever association you know there's there's, there's a definition of a coach and i think it's important to to, to set as the foundation right and They all say the same things, which I agree with right there. You have to be objective, non-judgmental. You're asking obviously very powerful questions, right? It's all about the client and about their situation. And which is all very true. I think from my experience with the great coaches I've worked with, they mix a lot of that foundational pieces of coaching aligned with also meeting the client with where they're at and sharing insights and wisdom. Um, where it makes sense and adds value to the client. So, for example, some clients I work with, I ask this question, like, what are you looking for in a coach? Do you want someone to be objective, ask great questions, and and hold that space for you? Or do you want that and then possibly have me share some of my insights, uh, my lived experiences, and, and see how that lands with you to see if it helps or not? But also being not attached to being right, right? Or uh, attached to those, to those stories. And I usually find that most people kind of want the latter and they want a bit of both. And I guess for me, a great coach is, is really understanding the client that you're working with and what serves and what helps them and being flexible you know, in that environment of asking great questions, providing insight where you think it's valuable, not because you think you want to teach them something because as coaches, we don't know anything more than the other individual, right? Mm-hmm. We don't we're not an expert in anything. We're not trying to say what is right or what is wrong, but sometimes our insights and lived experiences can be helpful to a client. So I think a mixture of those two, in my experience, makes a great coach.
0: Yes. I mean, how often do we have someone just sitting with us and letting us kind of take up space one, but also guiding mm-hmm. us through I, I like to, to think of it as one part of being a great coach really has to do with being able to to be down, down in the weeds, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. up in the sky. I'm connecting dots that you're so down in the weeds that you're not even yes. seeing. But because we've had six sessions together, eight sessions together, 12 sessions together, oh, yes. I've got patterns <laughs> that I am noticing yes. that I yes. I would imagine – you are not because you're so close to it. And gosh, just like you said, we as co- coaches are not, we're not experts. We don't know the right answer. Mm-hmm. That's only mm-hmm. you. We are just listening yeah. for, for things that may be getting in the way of you finding that answer.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love the, the down the weeds in the sky. And I love that you kind of mentioned noticing the pattern because it takes time when working with with clients, and even myself, when I worked for a coach, like uh, I'm telling myself stories all the time. And sometimes it takes a few calls to say, okay, you know, what's the real pattern that's going on here. Right. And again, it takes, it takes someone that's sitting beside you with you to, to really figure that out.
0: Yes. And I pride myself on being a quick learner and <laughs> coming into my first coaching session or having this thought like, I just need one session or I just need like yeah. to talk this through and then it will yeah. be solved and I will be fixed and I will be yes. successful. And,
1: <laughs> yeah. and
0: yeah. yet too. <laughs> yeah. we give ourselves so much credit for our capabilities and yet we don't ever really investigate or interrogate what are the things that are getting in the way? What are the things that have made me successful up until this point? Let's do more of mm-hmm. that. And what are the stories, the narratives, the beliefs, Mm -hmm. our own mind trash that's getting in the way of more, whatever more is for you. And I think that's, that's so, so important too, because we often don't slow down and just ask that question. I'm just going along. And, and sometimes to your experience, Chris, sometimes it's, it's a staggering event in your life where wow. you're faced with something with with a fundamental shift of paradigm that you didn't ask for that says well life is short and am yeah. i really moving in the direction of my dreams or am i just kind of getting by
1: <sighs> yeah and that's what gets me sometimes and, and, and for me it was and i mentioned earlier you know i've had cystic cancer twice i lost my dad to stage four you know, my partner, Maggie's had some health things. And, and for me, I always say cancer was a, a blessing. And most people would probably say the same thing because the events created a different perspective. It's probably heard a different opportunity. But I think for me, it's like, why do people have to have something bad happen to them like cancer, like anything else? For them to shift a perspective or for them to stop and say hey this is what i did before is it good for me is it serving me is it taking me to where i want to go in order to make that shift you don't have to have something bad you don't have to have a near-death situation to happen in order for you to live the life that you really want to whatever that means and and again back to coaching i feel like it draws that out because you mentioned it earlier so many people we, we live on autopilot and we just rush what are we rushing to like we're rushing to our death for some reason mm-hmm. right and we, and we don't take that time to pause we definitely don't spend enough time in silence and reflection as people right and and again a coach is it's just another tool that that's helpful in those situations to to take a pause and redirect or you know do a one eighty even completely. It's really up to you and the client to figure that out.
0: Yeah, the pause, the power of the pause and what you said about not enough time in silence. There's so there's so much noise. Right now there's so much, there's so much so noise much. and there's so much worry. There's so much to be worried about.
1: I know. All of right? the
0: time. And yet, I mean I'll share a a quick revelation I had today. We were, we were journaling because I've been in this summit. Mm. We were journaling about what are you worried about? Just write them all down. What are you worried about? And one thing that I wrote down is that I'm worried that I'm going to get sick and I won't be able to Mm -hmm. provide for my family. And that's not like a casual worry. That's something that prevents me from moving into action. Yeah. which is so counterintuitive because the moving into action to create that environment that allows for something bad to happen or even the mindset that says bad things will happen and staying still because bad things might happen is not an option i've been letting it be an option because i'm scared of something happening yeah. so like if i just stay small yeah maybe then has been no one can fault me I, I don't know i don't know and so that's something that i'm going to work on with my yeah. coach and, and processing with you yeah. right now and, and our audience right now
1: yeah thanks for sharing that that's a, a very vulnerable you know moment that you shared and and it's true for many people right that, that have that right so then again a coach is a great way a great avenue to explore that
0: mm-hmm. i think also as we're talking about kind of being faced with our own mortality and, and why should that be the only thing that moves us into action? It's, it's a process where an influence process in coaching where we do get not help with the decision making, but we get pulled through that worry into decision. A good coach will, is someone who will push you. Into making the decision, just just mm-hmm. do something because mm-hmm. you've been sitting here mm-hmm. for four weeks. <laughs> you're not paying yeah. me to hold your hand. Um, you're paying yeah. me to mm-hmm. get you to the next level. That's what friends are for. You're gonna they're gonna mm-hmm. hold your hand and like rub your back and say it's okay. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about your coaching practice focus. So let's talk about Conscious mm-hmm. Studio and and True. where that idea came from and, and some of the things you're focused on working with your clients on
1: so it it started a couple of years and the whole idea of I guess conscious studio was you know it's in its name. I feel like a lot of people walk through their lives living unconsciously. Right? We do the things that we're supposed to, own a home, get a good job, walk around, enjoy life, and then we kind of wake up and say, hey, that's not Exactly the life I want to live. And when I think about these people and this idea, I said, well, we need to move into more of a conscious world. So that's kind of where the idea of conscious studio came from is to help people move into more of a conscious way of thinking. So it's evolved. It, it is a one on one, I guess, life coaching practice. And, um, you know, the people I work with is, Right now, it's really all word of mouth. It's all people that I, I've worked with in the past or, or others that either share my story of my, my journey or have some type of alignment to our values. But I always find that when people come to me, they, on the surface, it's kind of like, mm, I'm looking to change careers or I want to be a better leader or uh, I'm, I'm having trouble procrastination with something. right? But then after a few discussions, it's, it's actually a lot deeper than that. And they, and they find out that, it's more about discussions of like, I need to know what's more important in my life. I need to understand what my values are and what my priorities are. And it always kind of shifts towards that. And it's funny how I think about it. So when people talk about like, who do you focus on? I'm like, well, I And mean, as you know, it's coaching goes where the client wants to take it. And again, you hear things like leadership coaching, executive coaching, life coaching. And it's like, you know, you can't really put it in a bucket per se. And I think in the end, it's all about just trying to live as authentically as you can with the most important values that are important to you and in creating action each and every day towards that life. And, and that's what gets me excited. That's kind of who I work with. And uh, yeah, I'm enjoying every minute of it.
0: Action each and every day. And I, I like how you said they come in for one thing. <laughs> They think it's one thing, but actually it's a whole lot bigger than that. But the fact that it's bigger means that when you make that breakthrough, it's expansive. It doesn't just impact you at work. It doesn't just impact your relationship. My best friend Skylar always says, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So Mm -hmm. you're procrastinating Mm -hmm. here. You're doing it there and you're doing it there because you've lost sight. Or maybe you never even sat down to... To consider it. What is yeah, what is the val what are my values? What are my priorities? What yep. what do I want my legacy to be? So good. So good. So good. <laughs> All of it. All of it. And I'm sitting in a room this week, it's Brenda Burchard's coaching summit and some of the best coaches in the world in this room. And Brendan asks, "How many of you are procrastinating on something, (laughs) or have in the past year?" Every hand goes up. Like we do this too. No matter how long we've been immersed in the personal development world and the Mm -hmm. performance improvement world and life optimization, like it is something that needs constant maintenance and constant Mm. reinvigoration. And how quickly do you want? that to happen. And that's what I found in, in working with my clients is it feels a little slow until it feels 10 times as fast. I've had one of my clients, a VP for a software company, and I felt like I was coaching myself at some points where he's like, I just feel like I'm going really slow, I'm going really slow. And he was just used to kind of quick resolution, but not depth. And so when we got to depth by the end of our first round of sessions, you could tell that the mindset shift was completely different in terms Mm. of his relation to his relationship with his wife, relationship with his daughters, with his boss. I'm saying that to say for people who are like me and something that I tell myself all of the time comes from my coaching certifications trust the process but I like to pivot it to mm. trust your process because what think back to the times where you've had big transformation transformation that stuck. did it happen? Yeah. overnight? Um, mm. No Sarah, it did not. <laughs> you do a lot of community work too and I the fact that you bring this skill set and this awareness into, advocacy work and community service, mm. it's, I want to honor that and say thank you for that. And I want to hear mm. if you're open to sharing a little bit more about the work you're doing with Next Gen Men, the organization, yeah. and, and just kind of what you're focused on there. That, I, that would be great.
1: I, w- I would love to. Yeah. Next Gen Men is, um, I came to it in around where my dad, told me he had stage four. And then also when my wife told me that uh, she was pregnant. Actually, the day that my dad told me that he had stage four, I came over to his house and he stared blank into the living wall. He told me he had stage four. One, it was the first time that I saw him cry uh, in all my years. So that is a note to why I joined Gen Men in a second. But when I came home that night to my wife, Maggie, she told me she was pregnant with Caden. Uh, you know two hours later so i had elton john's like circle of life song blaring in the background or just the emotions of that of that day but um you know in and around that time period it was you know i was looking at my dad thinking about my dad a proud asian man that held a lot of his emotions and feelings in and I looked at myself who I've, I've always known growing up that i was you know i guess quote unquote more sensitive was really proud to show my emotions And then now I have, we have our son, Caden, our first, our first boy. It kind of came as a cross-section when we ran into Next Gen Men and the founder, Jake, and and his organization has kind of twofold. One, it's helping boys in in high schools uh, really Mm -hmm. redefine what masculinity is. You know, the whole sayings of like, boys don't cry and, you know, boys should just be boys has really damaging effects uh, for boys and men as they grow up, uh, case in point, you know, men shouldn't show emotions. They shouldn't cry. You don't leave room for vulnerability, and you know, uh, you don't really have obviously a healthy person. And that also affects other genders in, in society as well. So, so that was one piece. And then the other piece is that they hold a lot of monthly what they call circles for men to get together, men and women to get together to talk about a variety of subjects and i attended a few of those and i just felt like it was finally a community that where men can join and, and have conversations aside from sports and, and beer and bars like real conversations that really matter and i'm an active participant and now we have two boys with liam who's 11 months old and um i believe in it so much not just so much of the two boys but, but for myself but from what i believe in i'm a feminist myself and you know, I just I, I look at this organization as really a way to reshape what masculinity could be going into the future. So I'm, I'm proud to be part of it and I support its cause.
0: It's amazing. Thank you for sharing more of that. I'm so glad organizations like that exist because it's a system, right? So we create the system. Um, and if we have more people believing in a different system, non-toxic masculinity, <laughs> then mm, we create yes. real sustainable change. So I'm glad to know it exists and I want more. <laughs> so thank yeah. you.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Uh, well, we've been talking about a lot of things, but especially in terms of transformation and mindset shifts, paradigm shifts. What are some of the things that in, in your coaching practice you've seen in individuals in leading to that transformation what what do they need to do for themselves
1: yeah it's a good question I think it obviously depends um, on clients but I feel like what I've seen for those that have the biggest I guess transformation are the ones that are really open to this process of coaching or other other resources you know, therapy whatever they may be but tools that really allow them to evaluate what they really, really want in their lives. And not what their parents told them, not what society has told them, not what, you know, the media has told them, but to be really open and vulnerable to unpack who they are as a person and, you know, what their purpose is. It's a big word, but it's such an important word, purpose and passion. And more importantly, of identifying where they want to go, right, and the more... They're willing to open themselves up to how they've been raised and the systems and the stories that they have lived by and then being able to challenge themselves to say hey that was great but this is not really the way i want to live going forward that's when you're going to have you know the biggest transformations right and i think those that are come to the space of coaching are for the most part halfway there like if they're if they're coming to a coach they, they realize that hey you know what They've been doing not really working for them mm-hmm. so that's great mm-hmm. the other piece is you know when they get into those conversations that to be super super vulnerable and to, to open up and you know it's for you you're not trying to please the coach you're not trying to please the process this is for you the transformation is for you so you get you get out of it what you put in right yeah so yeah that's the the, the biggest advice uh i'd have and and you would agree as well but i think everyone benefit from coaching. It's it's super important. Coaching has made me, you know, we you mentioned it earlier. You said that you felt like you're coaching yourself. I I feel like we get the benefit of getting the double benefit because we coach people, but we're actually in the moment experiencing their lived experiences, and we're getting the benefit of being coached at the same time. And I'm living many many other people's lived experiences, and you know, I've become a better coach. I've become a better father, better husband, better communicator but a friend um professional there's just so many benefits of 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 coaching and um yeah it's 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 transformational Mm
0: -hmm. i think that's truly what connects it to what you said that it's a partnership this coaching relationship Mm -hmm. it's a partnership so there's there's so much give and take from both sides i'm as your Mm -hmm. coach i'm not just giving my time but i'm also kind of absorbing your life experiences and learning from them and that power of of exposure to just every kind of different uh different life experience can really take down a lot of those or start to remove a lot of those blind spots i mean we're always going to have Mm -hmm. blind spots but the Mm self-awareness piece (laughs) is exponentially going up as as yeah. you're coaching, as you're being coached, as you're just willing to connect on a more vulnerable level with another human being. Well, let me ask you a few more questions, a lot going on it's the end of the year, but not even contextualizing yeah. it that way. Right now in where you're at in life, what's challenging?
1: I think for me, it's like, as I mentioned, I'm getting coached all the time as well. I mean, so it's also uh, important, I think, for coaches to get coached. And like a theme for me that's coming up is that I'm envisioning and desiring the goals that I have in my life and, and quote unquote kind of manifesting uh, the things that you know, I want to do, which is super important. But I think the challenge is balancing that with the present and being grateful and appreciative of all that I've already done and for all that I already have. And I find that the two kind of pull at each other sometimes and in wanting more and to do more but not doing that out of lack of or you know, you're know, you missing anything really per se so yeah that's it's challenging for me in, in trying to marry the two together and I ebb and flow and some days are better than others but it's it's kind of just a piece that piece that i think you mentioned earlier like in realizing for myself like you never really arrive it's a journey as they say and it's okay to want more be more do more uh, and be also grateful and appreciative uh, of the present moment that that you're in, so. so
0: that's an important reminder. Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What are you most excited for right now, Chris?
1: I'm excited about the work that Next Gen Men is doing. As I mentioned, I'm excited about the work that I'm doing with BC Cancer. I'm excited about just people I feel like are are having these conversations, whether it's a coach or not, a client. It's, it's just i'm seeing a lot more conversations with people with men and and women of like hey you know i want to be better i want to do better the things that i did before aren't working the stories that i lived before aren't working they're not serving me um things like mental health things like you know finding what's most important in their lives as partners as community members and i just feel like a lot of people are kind of just pausing and just like that hasn't really worked before and, and then starting to envision what's what's life like going forward and that and that excites me that that uh, i guess awakeness that people are seeing and feeling and and even myself so
0: the stories that i lived before aren't working that's Mm. so good envision move into awakeness that's very exciting now i'm excited Yeah. (laughs) yeah well you're doing so much to pave the way for others who role modeled that for you who trailblazed the path for you.
1: Sounds cheesy, but it's my wife who's my partner of twelve years now. We're going to share a lot longer, but she's been a partner for twelve years. And um, and I mentioned her, and she's an acupuncturist. She got into that field really uh, for her passion of helping people, but also through my cancer story and my dad, father-in-law's. But it's always important to have somebody in life that really believed in you, believes in you, and she always has. She's you know, supported me in in finding. My place as a coach and in my profession, and she saw it when I never saw it, and supported me with her heart, even with her wallet, and and it really kept me going to this place. So she's really, she's really been the trailblazer in my life, and continues to be uh, the fuel for me to do more uh, for her, her family, and in uh, the world.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Well, I, I sent this question, and I know it's a hard one. What's a book you've read that changed the way you think about other people and or the world?
1: Yeah, it's it's not really a book, I guess. It's it's called The Daily Stoic. And uh, I mentioned it kind of in the bio, but uh, I really fell into this love of stoicism, the philosophy. Not so much the verb, which a lot of people think like, oh, you're emotionless and, and all that. And the actual philosophy of stoicism from, from Seneca. Um, it's interesting because it's really focused on really just how to be a better person and how to detach yourself and your thoughts in a way that um, is, is positive, right? So the Daily Stoics is a daily journal, uh, has some information about a, a Stoic quote and uses yourself to reflect on it. And I, I found myself, especially during COVID, to just gravitate towards this because there's so much that we couldn't control and there's so much fear you mentioned earlier during that year and, uh, and anxiety. And it was like, and Stoicism was a place where it says, I mean, essentially it's like, I'll read you one of quotes that says, what upsets people is not things themselves, it's but the judgments about these things. Mm-hmm. And Epictetus said this, right? And another um, one is like we, we suffer more in imagination than we do in reality. Right. And that's from Seneca. And it was just, it was mind boggling. And these, these guys wrote about this years ago. And like
0: hundreds of years ago, right? Hundreds or of years ago. Of yeah. years ago thousands
1: of years ago. Thousands, thousands. Yeah. And I'm a big fan. So daily book written by Ryan Holiday. He wrote a bunch of other books. Obstacle is the Way, which I think, you know, really aligns to what you said earlier about challenges are kind of part of life and part of the journey. But he, Ryan, writes in a way where he brings a lot of this old stoicism into modern day life and it's really just helped me get through you know that time period but also just reminding myself that your thoughts create your reality and you have more power than you think you do mm-hmm.
0: and where where do people find that instagram account oh, i follow the instagram account and it is oh do you excellent yeah
1: yeah you can order the book on, you know, where, where you buy books Amazon and so forth. I think Daily Stoic's got a website.
0: Okay, so it is called uh, I'm not Daily getting a plug Stoic. from It's called The Daily Stoic. Affiliate yeah. link. Yeah.
1: yeah, no affiliate links, but uh, just a big fan. <laughs> I bought all of his books and, um, yeah, some nice. really good content to follow.
0: Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Chris, how can people follow and support your work because it's really important?
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I guess it would be just my website, consciousstudio.ca. Um, I write a little blog there. I'm starting to, you know, create a newsletter, and you know, share some of my material that I feel that is kind of close to, to my heart and my values. And um, yeah, more than happy for you to, you know, drop me a note and see if we can have a conversation and see how we could potentially partner together.
0: Perfect, and we will share that in the show notes directly to your website. Thank you so much for being here, for hopping on with me and just getting into it, Chris. Mm. I really appreciate it. It's been so fun having you on.
1: Me too. Thank you so much, Sarah. This was a lot of fun and I appreciate the conversation. It was amazing.
0: It was amazing. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Trailblazing in Color podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Don't forget to hit subscribe for future episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at at trailblazingincolor and at trailblazingincolor.com slash podcast. The Trailblazing in Color podcast is created and executive produced by me, Sarah Chapman Becerra. The Trailblazing in Color podcast season one production team includes Alicia Archer and the podcast Bestie team, led by Angie M. Jordan and supported by Gene Credit and Sarah Decker. Our theme song was composed by Troy Chapman. Thanks, Dad.